This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com A guy comes home at the end of a really, really long day at work. He comes home, his boss yelled at him, he got into a fight with one of his co-workers. He's hungry, he's tired, he just sat in traffic for about 45 minutes, and he's not happy. He walks in the door, he, he's greeted by his wife. His wife looks like she's standing in the middle of a disaster zone. The house is completely upside down. The kids are shrieking their heads off. The guy walks in. Hi, how are you? Mumbles to his wife. He walks over to the fridge, and he's looking for something to eat. Takes in a deep breath, and he realizes there's no supper up. There's not even some cold cut sandwich ready for him. There's nothing. He's starving. He's cranky. He's irritable. And he's looking for something to eat. His wife comes in. She like murmurs to him, so I had the hardest day. You don't understand. Shlemy has an ear infection. Yankee fell down the steps. This one was expelled from school. And he's like, yeah, I also had a hard day. My boss yelled at me. And as he's like slowly eating some cookies out of the pantry, he notices his wife giving him these eyes. It's like the eyes, like the pre-fight eyes. You know those eyes where it's like looking out of the side of her, of her head, sort of just like sizing him up, waiting to pounce. And he's just like not, he's not ready for this. He's in a bad mood. He's like, just, just let me sit down, let me relax. I'm just not interested in anything that you have to say right now. And within a few minutes, things go from bad to worse to terrible. What is the ingredient of a successful marriage? Or what is something that if we tap into, we can understand a fundamental element that if this element is there, chances are your marriage will succeed. And if this element is not there, chances are your marriage could use a little bit of work. I was always fascinated by Shlomo HaMelech's riddles. When I was a kid, we used to get these newspapers and you'd open them up and you'd see the wisdom of King Solomon or Shlomo HaMelech's riddles or you'd go through Tanakh and you start reading about all these midrashim and things that have to do with Shlomo HaMelech. Shlomo HaMelech had a certain eye for being able to size up a situation, look at it, and go right to the heart of the matter. There are three cases which seem to be completely unrelated. But when you digest the cases, you see that in fact, it's all really one. The most famous case with Shlomo Melech is the case of the two women who come to Shlomo. And they say to him, this baby is my baby. And we all know the story. This one says, the baby is mine. The other one says, no, the baby's mine. And Shlomo Melech says, let me think about this a moment. And he says, here's the answer. Cut the baby in half. And one woman says, cut the baby in half. And the other one says, don't cut the baby in half. And he says, the one who said, don't cut it in half, that's the mother. The other one, she's a fraud. The second case, which everybody knows about, is a case where a bunch of brothers come to claim an inheritance. And there's five brothers and each one says, we got 20%, 20%, 20%. And on the end of the line, there's a brother who's standing there, and he has two heads. And he's claiming 
that listen, I have two heads, so therefore I get double inheritance. And all the other brothers say, no, well, you have one body, therefore you get only one portion. And Shlomo Melo says, hmm, which way does it go? Let's pour boiling water on one head and see if the other head screams out. And if the other head screams out, then it's only one. But if the other head doesn't scream out, then it's two. And the brother says, you know, it's okay, I'm, I'm only one, I'm one, it's okay. And the third case, which everybody knows, is a case where these two men come into Shlomo Amalek. And one of them says, this man is my slave, and my father died, and he's buried, and this man is my slave as an inheritance, as well as a whole vast sum of money. And the other man says, no, that's not true, this man is the slave, I'm the son, our father died, my father died, and he's been buried, and I am the inheritor to a large sum of money. And Shlomo Melech says, both of you should go take a bone from the grave, bring it to me, and we'll discuss it then. And they go, and they come back, and Shlomo Melech says, where's the bone? And one man says, here's the bone, and one man says, I couldn't bring myself to bring the bone. And he says, the one who didn't bring the bone, you're the son, the other one, you're the fraud. Brilliant, right? All, all these cases, completely brilliant. Shlomo Melech was able to isolate the one thing that he understood was going to trip the person up. How? How did Shlomo Melech know that? If I would have seen these cases, I would have been, I don't know, DNA test. Like, how do you, how do you determine just with one question? Wow, he figured it all out. I believe the answer is really a fundamental principle when it comes to all relationships, specifically marriage. Shlomo Amalek understood that each one of these cases was essentially the same case. It was two people coming in. And in each one of the cases, the people were either claiming to become one with something else or to be separated from something else. The mothers were claiming to be one with the baby. The sons were claiming to be one with the father. And the inheritor with the two heads was claiming, I have nothing to do with that other head. He's just connected to me. I don't have anything to do with him. And Shlomo HaMelech turns to all three of these people in all three seemingly unique cases. And he says to them the following, If you want to know if you are one with someone or two unique individuals, here's the test. Do you feel the person's pain? Do you feel their pain? He asks the mothers, if I say that we should cut the baby in half, do you feel the pain of the baby? If, if I turn to the two heads and I say I'm going to pour boiling water on one head, will the other head call out? If I turn to a son and say, go dig up your father's grave and pull out a bone, will you feel the pain of your father? And only a person who is one with another will feel the pain. And Shlomo Melch understood that. It wasn't three unique cases. It was one case. It was a case of three, two people claiming to be either one or two. And Shlomo Melch says, here's the test. It's really simple. Do you feel that person's pain? And if the answer is yes, then your relationship is solid. But if the answer is no, then your relationship has some work. There was a girl who called me up and she said, I'm 24 years old. And 
I have a very sad story to tell you. And she tells me how she got engaged. And it was about two weeks before the wedding. And she realized that for whatever reason, the wedding should not be taking place. She said, I don't feel that I should marry this person. I spoke it out with my therapist, with my Rabbanim, with my network of people. I made the decision that it was time to call off the wedding. I said, Ay, that sounds so sad. She said, no, that's not the sad part. She said, the sad part is that I called my mother. And I said to my mother, Ma, we're not going through with the wedding. The wedding is called off. She said, and my mother turned to me and said, Ay, Shandy, what am I going to tell my friends? She said, do you know how hurtful that was? She said, the fact that I'm not walking down the aisle in two weeks was my decision. It's painful, but it was a decision that I made and I was able to accept it because for whatever reason, it wasn't the time for me to get married to this person. But my mother, who for 24 years, I felt one with, I thought we were so close. She shows her colors. She shows me she doesn't feel my pain. She's selfish. She feels her pain. In order to feel one with someone, you have to step out of yourself and become one with that person's pain, their feelings, what they want, what they need, what they desire. You give it to them without expecting anything in return. That's the premise of a successful marriage. And my mother, this girl tells me, after all these years shows me that she's not really one with me, that we're two, we're unique. As much as she's my mother, there's a wedge between our relationship that needs to be repaired. I have a friend who told me that he was looking for a Rav. And he was asking different Rabbanim different questions. And he said, the person who I selected to become my Rav was a person who I went into him and I was asking him what to do when my wife has bad dreams. My wife has dreams, she gets scared. What should I do? Is there any segula? Is there anything to say, anything to do when my wife has these bad dreams? He says, and I asked this person, I asked this person, I asked this person. He says, and I asked one Rav. And for two minutes, the Rav sat there and said, Ay, it must be so difficult for your wife. How is she feeling? Does it keep her up? Does it bother her during the day? Wow, that must be so difficult for her. I could only imagine what she's going through. Oh, okay. Now let me tell you what you should do. He he felt her pain. He stepped outside of himself and he said to himself, if I want to help you, I need to become one with you. I need to become one with your feelings. I need to understand what you're going through. Even if I never had these bad dreams, even if I never had something which is which is bothering me, but if you're asking me, and it's bothering you, then it should bother me as well. The recipe for marriage, which everybody knows, it's become almost cliche, is that two people become one. Everybody talks about it. Two people become one. How do you know if you're there? The answer is really simple. When your husband comes home, and he had a long day, when you come home and your wife looks like she's drowning, Or when simply the other person is trying to get your attention. When the other person is going through something which is bothering them. When the other person is upset and there's something which is grating on their nerves. 
or there's something deep down which you realize needs some attention from you. If you are tuned in and you feel that pain, your marriage is going to be on a successful track. But if when you look at the other person, the only thing that registers by you is your own pain, your own wants, your own needs, your own desires, then that's a marriage that needs a little bit of work. But the good news is that with just a little bit of work, you could turn any marriage into a successful one. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.